You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows, and then we talk about them. We are starting a new arc this episode. Hell yeah. We are going to be digging into every Obi-Wan-centered episode of Star Wars television in chronological order, starting with Clone Wars... Then working our way through the Kenobi standalone show, and then Rebels. But before we dig into that whole can of worms, Ryan has a bit for us. Heck yes, I do. In fact, uh, this one goes to Andy. This is Andy's bit, but I will say it as is tradition. Because another tradition is that around this time in the United States, for a variety of problematic historical reasons, we talk about what we're thankful for. Andy, what are you thankful for from Star Wars lately? Oh boy, uh, a whole lot, I think. Uh, yeah. I really fucking loved Andor. Yeah. So I'm very grateful that we had such a politically charged show directly dealing with real world issues you know like how how the the justice system targets unfairly people of color uh forced prison labor um issues around capitalism in money and politics like there was there was just so much with andor that relates to real world issues and uh i thought it was done in just like a beautiful way. I thought it was a phenomenal season of TV. So I'm very grateful that Andor exists. Yeah, that's mine too. I mean, look, like we've talked about it plenty. Star Wars has always been political. The original trilogy is talking about Vietnam, but I think that the fact that Andor was so on the nose with it in the best way. Yeah. I'm thankful for that as well. Uh, I think the other thing I'm super thankful for is all of the, like connections and friendships I've made through doing Force Friends and being active on Star Wars Twitter. Uh, John and Boop over on Nerd Herder, Jerry and Scotty on uh, Bombadcast, Alden on Octo Radio is is a newer friend who I've gotten very close to very quickly. Uh, all the folks at Pink Milk are amazing. So, I mean, I could name Star Wars friends at this point that I've made online for hours, but yeah. those are just some of the ones off the top of my head. And I'm very grateful that they're uh, in my pocket on the internet. I- I'm very happy that they're there and uh, I treasure those friendships. So, 
Hell yeah. I agree with that 100%. I mean, like you said, we could do a whole episode just listing the awesome people we've met through Star Wars. So I will keep Hollow it Net to... Marauder Crew. Yeah, like, there's there just, we go. There's so many. There's so many people who are I, yeah. fantastic. I met the love of my life uh, playing Star Wars dress up. So that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm thankful for that. Like Star Wars is ultimately a very silly thing. Yeah. It's a series of movies and books and video games comics about space wizards and nonsense like like there's a sasquatch and there's (laughs) there's a cowboy like like it's just it's silly good fun um but i think the reason why we keep coming back to it is that it has a lot of heart and uh it is easy to connect with people in a very real and vulnerable way very when, much. when you drop the the errors around yourself and you just express your love for Star Wars and how it makes you feel. And um, that's fucking beautiful. So, it is. Yeah, it's easy to make friends over Star Wars. Absolutely. You want to talk about Obi-Wan? I want to talk about Obi-Wan. I'm thankful for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Speaking of <clears throat> people who acknowledge their flaws and make themselves vulnerable. Let's talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I like, I ultimately have a hot take with go this. And I think one of the reasons why I really want to cover Obi-Wan is that I have an issue with the Kenobi show that I need to get over. Let's hear it. So, before we actually dig into that, let's talk about why we like this character. Like, what is your connection to Obi-Wan Kenobi? I think as a kid, he was my favorite Jedi because I don't think I realized this at the time, but like, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of mentor figures in children's media, which Star Wars ultimately is who are presented up front as like a great teacher. And he is a, I mean, I think he's a good teacher, but he admits his flaws. He admits his flaws directly to his student. He says, I was wrong. I don't know. I think that's powerful. Which student does he admit Luke, his flaws to? He says, I, I thought I could train him as well as Yoda. I was wrong. I think he's admitting the wrong flaws there. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That he, he he does he does say on screen, I was wrong about this and uh, yeah. I'm sorry. And exactly that is very rare for yeah. an adult to do to a student. Yes. I fell in love with this character because of Jude Watson. Yeah. So something that I don't talk about a lot is it was very difficult for me to learn how to speak and then to learn how to read. And I had to go to a lot of speech therapy and I needed a lot of extra help learning how to, how to read and write. Uh, so I was in like a special program in school. I still very frequently pronounce words wrong, uh, which for someone who does podcasting <laughs> uh, is not great. I work very hard to uh, laugh it off when it happens and um, to like let it roll off me. 
the the most embarrassing thing is when like I'm trying to get someone's name right. Uh, so it, it takes like a lot of practice when I hear a new name that I'm not familiar with to like pronounce it correctly. And I know that that's like a very rude thing to get someone's name wrong. So that's the thing like I'm most self-conscious about is making sure that I, I'm not ignorant uh, with people's names. But uh, that's like a real struggle for me. And because reading was so difficult, it was very discouraging to like get into books and the two books that like made me fall in love with reading was the Jedi apprentice series, uh, which then became the Jedi quest series, which then became, was it the last of the Jedi series? Last of the, the Jedi. Fierce, yeah. The last Fierce of the Olin Jedi. series. Yeah. yeah. Freaking awesome. Um, Fell in love with those books and Robin Hood. I, I loved the right uh, like illustrated abridged children's version of Robin Hood. Uh, so those books meant a lot to me. Uh, there were phenomenal villains: Xanatos, Jenna yeah. Zan Arbor, oh yeah, uh, Granta Omega. Um, there were really cool allies. You know, Siri Tachi, Garen Mulne. Forgot about Garen Mullen. Never forget about Garen Mullen. The uh, Autos owned the diner, right? Dee Dee and Astri? Yeah. Which yeah, becomes yeah. Dex's. And then Dex becomes an ally in the Last yeah. of the Jedi series when Furious is on the run. Yeah. Uh, it dealt with like Inquisitors. I mean, Furious is like the blueprint for what Ahsoka becomes, which is Definitely. really cool to like go back to Legends and read about this apprentice who has an intimate relationship with Anakin and leaves the Jedi order by his own choice and then survives order 66 and begins helping the rebellion. Like he, he's the blueprint. He's also gay. And the fact that Jude Watson was writing a gay leading character with like on the cover of books aimed at children aimed at young readers in the year, like 2006 is fucking huge definitely but i loved obi-wan in those books obi-wan was awesome i loved his relationship with siri i loved his like how his relationship was written with qui-gon and then with anakin uh i loved the on trial arc where he killed that padawan who had fallen to the dark side like accidentally Yeah. yeah the bully that's at right. school and then he like had to stand trial like there was a lot of depth to those books and it, they dealt with a lot of big themes that you wouldn't expect in a young reader series so they're very close to my heart and i loved uh i loved their take on the characters there yeah they're a big de- i forgot that they had pretty much because the inquisitors are a thing from like old school role playing but they really mm-hmm. fleshed them out and brought them into the current era of storytelling in a way like, I don't know. Yeah, Rebels owes a big debt. Not just for the Ahsoka thing, but... Yeah. I, I mean, there was a whole arc about hiding Padme's medical records That's from right. the Empire. And, like, oh. hiding hiding the fact that she had given birth and, like... That's right. Hunting down the, the, the Padme's OBGYN before the Empire does to, like fucking like kill him uh i don't think the rebels were gonna kill him but to like hide everything to like get everything under wraps so yeah there was like a lot of really cool stuff in those books yeah xanatos is rad too xanatos is just 
favorite villain. Xanatos so, was super interesting. He was Qui Gon's first or second Padawan. Second, right? second. So that's right. There was a successful Obi- one. Obi Wan is Qui Gon's third in right. the books. Um, his first is like never a big deal, but his second was this this character named Xanatos who uh, turned to the dark side, became a dark Jedi, and. Qui-Gon did not want to take a third Padawan after that failure. And he has to kind of be convinced and won over to take Obi-Wan on. That's and right. It's good stuff. Yeah. So that's why I love this character. Um, I mean, I also just love Ewan McGregor. Um, Ewan McGregor is an actor who I always find compelling. I think he always gives a hundred percent. I love that he is not afraid of playing really faggy roles. Um, I can say that word, Ryan. You can't. <laughs> I, know, I know the rules. I'm acquainted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he he plays these really like cunty villains and characters at times, and like it's never okay to speculate about people's sexuality, but. Uh, Ewan has played so many queer roles at this point, and he does he always does it in like a really heartfelt way, even when he's playing like what would otherwise be considered like an offensive stereotype. Like Black Mask uh in the Birds of Prey movie is like for all intents and purposes, like a really offensive queer character in that movie, but Ewan does it in such a like sold-out authentic way that it like he gets a pass like right on you and gets invited you and gets invited to the pride parade there you um go. you should see birds of prey I it's know. a phenomenal movie it's really it's really fucking good and uh Ewan is remarkable in it uh he's he's very evil and very fun and very gay but yeah uh so like i just love you and mcgregor in general um I loved his his docu series are phenomenal. Uh, long way around and long way down. Yeah, both really really good uh, shit. If you want to see you and McGregor very dirty and um, tired, you should watch those documentaries. I don't think I've seen Long Way Down. I've seen Long Way Round. Long Way Down is um, very funny. Because it is right after Revenge of the Sith came out. That's right. And they they stop in Tunisia and they visit the Lars homestead. And he keeps like posing (laughs) in front of Star Wars posters and no one recognizes him. That's amazing. He's like almost bummed about it, but also very tickled because like the press for Revenge of the Sith is like the biggest Star Wars has been ever, I think. And uh, it's just very funny that they stop at the Lars Homestead and no one recognizes him. I love that. But overall, I do think if you're only going to watch one, uh, A Long Way Round is the better. Is it true that his uh, his brother's Royal Air Force codename was OB2? I believe so. I love that. Yeah. I love that uh, very recently uh, we had Obi-Wan confirmed as bi. I think with yeah. the history of Ewan taking on like queer parts, uh, it just makes sense to like kind of honor 
that impact that the actor has had and make the character bi, I think it's great. Uh, he's either bi-romantic, asexual, or just bisexual. Uh, Star Wars doesn't like to use labels, which is frustrating. But, um, yeah, it's very clear that he is attracted to, uh, any gender, um, which is rad. I haven't read that one yet. That's, uh, Padawan, right? Um. Yes. Yeah, the Kirsten White book, Padawan. I don't remember. It might have been Brotherhood. Oh, maybe it was. That's right. I haven't read that one either. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure which book it was, but... We were buying Padawan at San Diego Comic-Con, and I said to Becca, I want to try to get this signed later. And this voice behind me says something like, Why wait? And it was Kirsten White. And that was a magical Star Wars moment. <laughs> That's very fun. That's that good was stuff. Fun. She's, she's cool. She, she deserves to write more Obi-Wan. And we deserve to talk about Obi-Wan. So here we are. What about this character do you think has staying power i mean for a lot of people he's whether you started with the prequels or the original trilogy he's kind of the first jedi we meet i mean that's that's not nothing um but as far as staying power he is the middle ground between the the student archetype of luke or Anakin to a slightly lesser extent in the prequels and like the guru archetype of like a Qui-Gon or a Yoda. And I think that mix of wisdom, but vulnerability and very clear flaws that affect the story in a hard and fast way are why he sticks with people. I, I kind of think it's because he's a loser and not in the sense that like, oh, you're a loser, you suck. But, like, he's a loser in the way that, like, Rocky Balboa is. Yeah. A loser, or Mad Max is a loser, or, like, Daredevil is a loser. Like, he... When Spider-Man's written well, Spider-Man is a loser. Um, And that he never has a clean victory. Even when he wins, he is losing something that he values and cares about. Um, you know, he defeats Darth Maul, but he loses Qui-Gon. Uh, he loses the duel with Count Dooku. And he, uh, I mean, he, he fails at the investigation of Jango Fett. He gets captured. Revenge of the Sith, he, he wins the duel against Grievous, but then Order 66 immediately happens. And, you know, the objective of defeating Grievous was to end the Clone Wars, and uh, that certainly did not happen in the way that he he wanted it to. He wins the duel against Anakin, but he loses everything he cares about in defeating Anakin. And then, in the original trilogy, I mean, he loses against Vader. Uh, I mean, I guess that's only the... That's the only duel he technically wins, in that he, he loses against Vader, but his objective was to, like, be the distraction to get Luke and co out safely. Uh, so I guess in winning that one, he loses his life, which is rough, but then ultimately he loses his manipulations of Luke to kill Vader. He does not succeed there. 
So I, and I, I mean, that's not even taking into account the numerous losses he suffers during the Clone Wars, whether it be Adi Gallia against Maul and Satine against Maul and, and stuff. So, yeah, I think yeah. probably the reason why he's most compelling to a lot of people is is that we, we relate to him suffering. Yeah, his life is a series of losses. I guess I guess we should get into my my issue with the Kenobi show. Yeah, I'm very curious. Because I'm hoping I'm hoping doing this series will help me kind of square these two things. Um, Obi Wan in the original trilogy is a dirty fucking liar, and I think that is integral to the character not not just like my understanding of the character but i think that is central to the character is that he lies all the time without remorse uh maybe he feels bad privately but he he is a a fucking liar yeah and when confronted with those lies he makes excuses always he says oh well from a certain point of view i was kind of telling the truth and it's like no you weren't like you're a fucking liar from a certain point of view you're a goddamn liar yes vader did not kill anakin skywalker like they are the same person and you suck so like the 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 lesson in in a new hope we're introduced to like this mystical wizard and like goes on this journey and he learns a bunch from him and then in Empire Strikes Back, we're introduced to another mystical wizard. And the lesson Luke learns is that he should have listened to his teachers and not been headstrong and gone off to confront Vader at Bespin. Like, that is the lesson. Luke was wrong to not finish his training there. He should have stayed. In Return of the Jedi, Luke leaves again. And the lesson is that his teachers were wrong and Luke was right. And it's this important thing of like, once you reach a certain point, you've learned everything you can and you need to trust your gut. And it was right of Luke to reject his teachers and try to save Vader. Mm -hmm. That was the right thing to do. When Luke throws away his lightsaber and says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me, that was the right move. And Obi-Wan and Yoda were wrong in saying you need to kill Darth Vader. And I have a very hard time squaring the wrongness of Ben Kenobi in the original trilogy with manipulating and lying to Luke to try and trick him into killing Vader without finding out that that's his dad with the Kenobi at the end of the show who forgives himself? And seems to forgive Anakin. Yeah. I have a very hard time squaring those two things. And um, I'm hoping that like studying the character in chronological order, like we're planning to do here, will help me with that. But yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, okay. So I think he does forgive Anakin. I think he's decided to forgive himself but i don't think he's successful because the obi-wan we see in return of the jedi has not forgiven himself and really like in 
I, I think we're seeing the start of a process of forgiveness that is doomed to fail. I would hope if we got a season two, we would see him unable to forgive himself. I don't think they would do that. But yes, I think he's forgiven Anakin, but I think he is trying to convince himself that Anakin and Vader are different people. That Vader did kill Anakin. Like, it's still wrong of him to lie, but I think he's also lying to himself to an extent. I I do love the line by Anakin. Like, fuck you. This was my decision. Like, yeah. this isn't your fault. This is me. Uh, like, I do love that line. Like I that. do, too. It's, it's very powerful. It, it feels very queer to me uh i mean it's not great that it's coming from fascist space wizard dark lord but like i just i I fucking i love that delivery i love that line hayden sells it but it, it almost felt like they were setting up like, oh, see, Obi-Wan wasn't lying. Even Anakin said it. Like, yeah, like fuck that. I, fuck that. That's That sucks. Honestly, that's probably where they were going. But I, I guess I just aggressively choose to read it as he was lying to himself. Yeah, so it sounds like you have a little bit of the same struggle I do. In that oh, yeah. The takeaway from Kenobi is, look, Obi-Wan's forgiven himself and he's forgiven Anakin. And that doesn't mesh with the original trilogy of I'm going to lie to this kid and gaslight him into murdering his dad. Mm -hmm. And when he confronts me, I'm going to deny, deny, deny and refuse to like take any sort of accountability for this lie. And I'm going to insist that he still murders his dad. He, I, after the Kenobi series, I do think that he genuinely sees them as different people, but that doesn't excuse it. Well, that like, even if he sees them that way, that doesn't mean he's right. Right. Like right. when the fandom insists that Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are different people, <sighs> the fandom is fucking wrong. Like, yeah, like they're just wrong. Anakin is Vader. Vader is Anakin. Yeah. That's the takeaway at the end of Return of the Jedi is tell your sister you were right. Anakin Skywalker was still in me because we're the same person. It's the same thing as the people who think that the theme of The Last Jedi is let the past die. Like, they don't, they're not paying attention to who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. So even if Obi-Wan feels that way, the takeaway is that Obi-Wan is wrong. Right. And I, I, I really like this character, but I do feel like a lot of fans, because they like the character, they try and wash his hands of the wrongness definitely that like obi-wan is wrong about a lot and obi-wan is responsible for a lot of bad shit that happens and if you like the character i don't think you should try and remove agency from that um i talk about this on twitter a lot because it comes up on twitter a lot that like fans try and blame anakin's fall on anyone but anakin yep they blame Palpatine, which to some degree, Palpatine shares some responsibility, but they also try and blame Padme, they try and blame Obi-Wan, they try and blame Ahsoka, they try and blame Mace Windu, they try and blame Yoda. And uh, I'm sitting here as an Anakin fan being like, if you blame everyone but Anakin, then Anakin is not an interesting character. Like, I like Anakin because he makes 
choices that I find interesting. And exactly. they're very bad choices. It's a very bad thing to murder a tribe yeah. of Tuscan Raiders. It's a very bad thing to cut off Mace Windu's hand. It's a very bad thing to lead a clone army into the Jedi Temple and massacre <laughs> uh, all of the students and teachers there. Uh, it is a bad thing to force choke your pregnant wife. Uh, those are all very bad things to do, and you should not do that. Yeah, I've seen you defending Mace Windu's honor lately on Twitter, and I'm here for Yeah, the, the fact that Anakin makes those choices is very compelling, and to yeah. put the responsibility on Mace or Padme or Obi-Wan or Yoda makes Anakin a worse character and a less compelling character. And same with Obi-Wan in that, like, people try and make him into a, like, cleaner, better Jedi than he is and by doing so they remove agency from him and that is lame and bad in my opinion actually yeah i get frustrated with star wars fans that don't allow don't allow their faves to be flawed yeah like i get very frustrated because these characters are interesting because they're flawed except for jar jar binks who's perfect like they're they're interesting because they make mistakes. You, you're not their lawyer. You don't have to defend their every action and blame it on other people to be a fan of theirs. And I, I do think part of the reason is that like Ewan's performance, Ewan's performance, and then James Arnold Taylor's performance are both like so compelling mm-hmm. that people want to excuse the kind of bastard that Alec Guinness masterfully plays. Yeah. In the original trilogy. And they, they want him to be like Space Gandalf when he's pretending to be Space Gandalf, but he is also manipulating Luke. Yes. In a really insidious way. And we can understand his motives and appreciate his motives, but like that doesn't excuse the lies. Exactly. You can forgive him, but you can't change the story. I mean, don't get me wrong, like Ewan and Jat both play a flawed Obi-Wan also. But I think because it's a younger version and it's a sexier version, it's a little easier yeah. to excuse the war crimes. Yeah. That's another thing is like Obi-Wan does. Obi-Wan does a lot of war crimes in the Clone Wars. <laughs> um, I mean, they like, kind of all do. Yeah, but Obi-Wan does a lot. Uh, like he does. He's introduced in the movie doing a false surrender. Oh, that's Which right. is a war crime, according to the Geneva Convention. Like, he He's pretends to surrender to stall the weird blue space lizard general, who's Scottish for some reason. Yeah. And, like, he he does a fake surrender and, like, fake negotiates this surrender so that his troops can do a surprise attack. Like, that's, that's a fucking war crime. That is a war crime. Uh, we see him torture the shit out of Cad Bane with Jedi mind tricks with Obi-Wan or with Anakin and Mace. Like I forgot about that. Yeah. That's, that's going to come up. Yeah. So like he is, he's a very flawed individual. And, uh, in a lot of ways, I think he's like the company man. I think he's like the quintessential Jedi of his time in that you can look at Obi-Wan and you can see all of the compromises that the institution of the Jedi Order is making that leads to their downfall. Yeah, I I used to say that was Mace, but the more I think about it, Obi-Wan is more emblematic of those issues. 
Mm-hmm. I think Mace is a fine choice for that too, but uh, we just don't get enough Mace content to really no. explore it. But like Obi-Wan is explored uh, a lot more and uh, I think he's he's kind of the poster boy for it. Yeah. Well, you want to wrap it there? We're going to be digging into this character in, in chronological order. Um, we can debate episodes that we're going to cover if you want, but we could also wrap it here. What do you think, Ryan? Um, I think I'm good with wrapping it here. Uh, I'm still a little undecided on what episodes. I do know, um, I guess my one Obi-Wan hot take that somehow hasn't come up yet, but also sort of has, is that if you watched the Rebels episode where he fights Maul for the last time, and you think that he is right when he tells Maul Luke is the chosen one, you need to go back and rewatch every episode we're about to talk about to understand why he's not. Yeah, I would completely that's, agree with that. That's my number one Rebels fandom pet peeve, the people who think that that episode somehow proves that Luke was the chosen one. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited to watch that episode and dig into it. Yeah, that, that's one of the top five episodes of Rebels overall, which is funny because it kind of has nothing to do with Rebels overall. Well, that's going to do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. Uh, even with Twitter being lit on fire, we're still there for, for the foreseeable future. Hang uh, on. Also, follow the ending pending Instagram. We're going to be over there more frequently now because of Twitter catching on fire. Ending pending Instagram is kind of going to be the hub for all of the Where They May radio shows. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for our intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. We are grateful to be part of the Where They May Radio Network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio, as well as bonus content from shows like Ending Pending, Good Neighbors, and Fan Fiction is Good, actually. Ryan, anything else before we end the pod? Uh, only the matter of choosing a new outro now that we, uh, are not dealing with Champs and Dula. Goodbye there. Goodbye there. I like it. <laughs> Goodbye there. There we go. Where they may radio.